From John 21. After Jesus appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together was Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which Simon Peter would glorify God. After this, Jesus said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. You know what's a really fun Googling adventure? Typing into a search bar, Why was Peter naked? I spent longer than I probably needed to sifting through the internet's responses. Everything from people searching for ways to deny that he was actually naked to reasons why it was totally normal fisherman behavior to fish without clothes on. People trying to understand why Peter would then put on his clothes to jump into the water. And all the ways this particular sentence in our reading makes people wonder. 
Even our church secretary, Kim, asked me the same question as I came into her office earlier this week. She was working on the PowerPoint for today, and she turned to me and said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? I told her to go ahead, and so she pointed to her computer to the PowerPoint where the John text was up and said, you know, I've heard this story before. I remember it, but I don't remember. And as she paused, I just sort of interjected with Peter being naked, and she was just like, yes, why is he naked? I couldn't help but laugh as I had just finished my Google searching and found myself still asking, too. I shared with her the all the kinds of reasons I had found, and she, like me, didn't really buy them. If it was normal for people to fish naked, were the other disciples naked? Were they still naked when they got out of the boat? Why didn't it mention them putting on clothes? If they hadn't caught anything yet, why would he have been worried about getting his clothes dirty? And if Peter was all that worried about getting his clothes dirty, why did he put them on to jump into the water? Kim and I had this whole conversation and decided to just leave it as if one of those weird, mysterious parts of the Bible that make us wonder and make us laugh and make us want to know more. I spent this week pondering Peter and the disciples about Jesus once again saying to them, follow me. And as I looked at our reading from John, along with our story of Saul and Acts, I couldn't help but think about all the ways that Jesus calls us often at inconvenient times and inconvenient places, often to people who we might consider to be inconvenient. In our Acts reading, Jesus is calling to Saul, is quite a surprise for everyone. For Saul, it can't be more inconvenient. He's busy persecuting the followers of the way, these Jesus people. He's on his way to Damascus to bind them, to arrest them, to punish them for their ministry. He was at the stoning of Stephen, and right in the middle of his walk to Damascus, Jesus shows up, an inconvenient place to have a journey from while blind. And through this vision, blindness, prayer, and healing, Saul is called to a new life. From this point forward, he's referred to as Paul, proclaiming that Jesus is the Son of God and becoming one of the leaders of the way. And for Ananias, Saul is an inconvenient new member. When Jesus appears to him, Ananias pushes back and says, Lord, I have heard about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind people who invoke your name. Could you imagine being Ananias? You've been called to ministry, called to heal and to care for others, to proclaim Jesus' name, and it's wonderful but terrifying. You've heard that your friends and colleagues were stoned to death or arrested, You've been trying to find the balance between public ministry while still seeking safety when you can. And then Jesus shows up and says, hey, you know the most inconvenient person for you to help? That Saul guy who was on his way here to bind you, to arrest you? Let's go save him. Sometimes the instruments, the people that God chooses to work through, are the ones who deserve it the least and the ones who need it the most. And so Jesus assures Ananias of this and tells him to go. No matter how inconvenient or odd it might seem, just go. And Ananias finds a blind Saul waiting in prayer as he lays his hands on him and shares what Jesus has called him to do. Saul is changed. Scaly things fall off his eyes. It's gross. But it matters. Saul's eyes are open. 
And in this inconvenient time and place, Saul becomes the newest to be baptized, the newest to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is the Son of God. If Ananias and poor Saul had heard about the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples, maybe they wouldn't be so surprised by the inopportune moments that Jesus chose for them. Something I love about our reading from John is that the disciples have already seen Jesus twice. They've been given the Holy Spirit, told to go out and make disciples to share forgiveness and healing. And on this day, Simon Peter says to the group, I'm going fishing. And they say, we'll go with you. It's a great reminder that even for the disciples, part of our lives as people of faith are still filled with the things we might consider mundane. We still have work, we still have hobbies, and although we might not always think of them as activities that are part of our faith lives, Jesus is still there on the shore. For Simon Peter, it was maybe not the most convenient time for him to recognize Jesus on that shore because of his nakedness. But either way, he pulls on his clothes to pull out his signature move, which for Peter is to jump into the water and swim after Jesus. This is not the first time he has done this. Once, he fished, once the fish have been gathered and counted, Jesus and Peter have a pretty difficult conversation. At least for Peter, it's difficult. Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter answers yes three times, a call back to his three denials, his three no's after the cross. Peter is hurt by these repeat questions, but each of them come with a calling. Jesus said, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And at the end of our reading, Jesus pulls out his signature move with the disciples and says, follow me. Follow me. Even if it's at an inconvenient time or a difficult place or to care and bring grace to inconvenient people. For Ananias, it was Saul. For Peter and the disciples, it's all the sheep that are to come. Followers, people reaching out in need. Jesus calls the disciples and calls us to an often inconvenient faith when that calls to care for others. There are so many examples of the ways in which our faith calls us into discomfort in the name of Jesus, to pushing past our fears or our preconceptions to share God's love and grace with others. <coughs> and one that kept coming to, mind, to my mind this week that has weighed on my heart has been in our community, in Cowlitz County, the issues around homelessness that are often politically charged and difficult to navigate. For the past few months, since the cold weather shelter closed early due to lack of funding, many of the pastors here in Kelso and Longview have been meeting and discussing how we as leaders in our churches can help, hoping that maybe next winter those who are considered the least of these will have a safe place to keep warm on freezing nights. It has been hard. It has been hard and often inconvenient. Yeah. Meeting at inconvenient times during a busy season of Lent, sometimes in inconvenient places, huddled over tables at coffee shops or trying to articulate via email, and honestly conversations with people we at different times in our ministries might consider sort of inconvenient. Because it's not just the ELCA pastors having these conversations, it's not just the mainline pastors, the more progressive pastors gathering together to talk about all the things we agree together. For the past few months, pastors from Lutheran and Evangelical, Episcopal and Baptist, Presbyterian and non-denominational, Methodist and Pentecostal have been meeting together in our community. And even meeting with some of our city council members to discuss how we might answer this call. Groups of pastors and leaders trying to figure out how we follow Jesus together through this difficult and sometimes considered 
inconvenient issue. <coughs> Jesus tells us to feed his lambs, to tend his sheep. On the surface, it might seem like an easy instruction, but it's often messy and hard. And we don't have an answer yet. The conversations are continuing, planning meetings are being set up. It continues to be uncomfortable at times, but also the conversations have been filled with grace and care for each other, for our community, and for those sheep in need of help as we try to navigate this together. In our church, working with the ELCA, Hunger Grant have been trying to find ways to feed Jesus' lambs to care for hungry children and youth in our community. We participate in feeding Jesus' sheep through opportunities like Fish's Food Pantry and Community House. Our members care for Jesus' lamb and lambs and sheep in all kinds of ways throughout our community. Many of you are already diving into the deep waters of Jesus' calling. A big part of Jesus showing up at inconvenient times and places with inconvenient people is that Jesus calls us to these people, these places, these times that are difficult to feed, to tend, to care for, and to share the news that we have been celebrating this Easter season. So that we, like Paul, can proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Just making sure you're awake. <laughs> that this Son of God came into this world caring for others, sitting and eating with the least of these, healing and working through the least expected, calling out from the shoreline, follow me. And for all the times we choose our own comfort over the inconvenience of this calling, for all the times we get wrapped up in our own world and forget to see Jesus on that shore, for all the times we avoid those awkward conversations or difficult situations that Jesus might be calling us to, for all of it, Jesus, the Son of God, went to the cross. Jesus took all our failures and our discomfort and our fear to the cross to turn it into something new. Jesus died and rose from the dead to call us into new lives, to open our eyes to the work of God around us, even if it's sometimes kind of gross with scaly things falling off. God is calling us to open our eyes and calling to us from that shore so that we together can live into these inconvenient moments of ministry, celebrating together the resurrection of our Lord, the hope and promise that Jesus has given us, so that together we can feed Jesus' lambs, tend to his sheep, feed his sheep, and share in God's love with one another, so that together when we hear Jesus say, follow me, we too can put on our clothes and dive in, so that we too can declare that Jesus is the Son of God, so that we can celebrate together that Christ is risen. Thanks be to God. Amen.